0: fusionchurch.cc slash soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God it's good to be with you guys again uh, let me pray and then we'll jump into Genesis 1 well let's pray father we thank you again for your work. we thank you for incredible day uh, yesterday and vision sunday and Father, we are so excited about what you are doing in this region. And Father, as we look into your word, um, we're excited about what you want to do in each one of us. And so, Father, we thank you even now for um, the revelation you'll bring to us today. So, Father, bless this time. Bless, bless this word as we look into it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I really love Genesis. I'm really glad we're in Genesis today. And so, Nicole, if you don't mind doing the usual um, to read for us, and then we'll dive in.
1: Okay, good morning. Um, Again, Genesis 1, and I am reading out of the NIV version. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made, so he also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water team with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. let the hand let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, and livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to the kinds, to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and other living creatures and and every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day.
0: Thank you, Nicole. You are welcome. Wow, so so much going on. Uh, okay, so just a little bit of background here. So Genesis is obviously the first book of the Bible. It's considered to be part of the... Pentateuch, meaning the first five books of the Bible, uh, which in Judaism is often referred to as Torah. Um, it's considered to be written by Moses, but scholars don't all agree on that. Um, there's different timelines that are considered for the writing, which doesn't really matter to us. Um, I really love this book. There's drama, there's activity, there's a lot of goodness. So let's jump in kind of work our way through this so verse one it refers to uh the first statement is in the beginning now this beginning is referring to the world as we know it right so um the heavenly realm already existed god already existed um in verse two it references that the darkness was over the surface of the earth, uh, that's often considered to be um, um, because Satan had been cast down to the earth. So, you know, darkness comes from, not from God, but from Satan. And so we know that um, the angelic beings already existed. So there is, this is the beginning of time as we know it, but not the beginning of God and you know the heavenly realms. Okay. So um that phrase that says, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface, surface of the earth. And now we, we get the sense of drama already, right? That there's this resistance. To the moving of the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, and we sense this darkness that's there, which is a reference um, to Satan. Is Isaiah 14:12, um, Ezekiel 28:16, all reference that that casting down of, of Satan who was gonna try to resist God's plan. Even though that we know his resistance was futile, but then tomorrow. We see the long more drama. Okay, so verse two also says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So, a couple of things that we can recognize about God um, right away, just to set this up: we know that God is omnipotent, right? So that means God is all powerful. We know that He is omniscient, so all knowing, right? He knows everything. Um, omnipresent meaning God is everywhere so in this verse we already see that this the omnis of God coming into play and um, as we consider God being omnipotent omniscient omnipresent it's going to help us comprehend everything we're about to experience in Genesis 1. Now um, there's a lot of good and strong, philosophical and logical reasons to believe in God's existence. But the Bible doesn't make elaborate arguments about the existence of God. However, it does tell us how we can know God exists, right? So we believe God exists because of our experiences, because of what we read. But the Bible does give us a few things. So... um, the Bible tells us we know God exists because of what we see in the created world, right? So Psalm 19, 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I love that. Um, Romans 1, 20 says, For Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Uh, been understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse so it's saying that even in nature in the created world we can see the hand of god so i think that's phenomenal okay um verse three i love this it starts out by saying and god said so we see creation as an act of speech, right? God creates through the spoken word. And now um, the idea that God speaks is often associated with two is um two words, two Greek words that we often refer to. Um so the word is the word ramo and the word logos. So the word logos is often associated with um, the Divine unchanging eternal Word of God in the in the context of you know in, in the gospel of John begins with in in the beginning was the word and the word was God and in the beginning what yeah so it really emphasizes the divine nature and the creative aspect of the word so logos, Um, refers to that the divine and the creative and in the word rhema um, is often used in the context of God reveals uh, or the the revealed word of God in a particular context so it conveys the idea of personal maybe a personal message and a timely message um, when God speaks to to an individual and gives guidance, we often call that the Rama word. So, and then in creation, as God speaks, we see these two words come together. Um, there's the creative and the divine, right? And specific utterances. So we see Logos and Rama coming together. Um, God says, "Let there be light," and so on, and speaks the world into existence. So we see both of these. These Greek words playing out right here. All right. Everyone still good? Okay. All right. So verses 3 to 5. Um, I've been told I go a little fast. So I'm going to try and give you guys a little more time to take notes and things. There's so much going on here. So verses 3 to 5, God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and He separated light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. It was evening, and it was morning, the first day. Okay, so something to remember here: we need to remember that God is light, right? Um, there's some, there's a lot of questions around verse four, right? The first day, and then verse. 14 15 which is the fourth day which both refer in some way to light now let's remember that God is light First um, John 1 verse 5 says this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and him there is no darkness at all Um. so again God is light emphasize the absence of darkness in god um john 8 12 says jesus spoke to them saying, i am the light of the world Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life So, a very important concept here we know that god is light now what does light do right light well it exposes things when i got up this morning and i put the light on I could see the mess I left, right? So it exposes things um, that that might be in the darkness. So let me just scroll down. So the question is, as we draw closer to God, right, light begins to illuminate and reveal things in us, What is God illuminating in your life, right? So the light isn't just there to let us see things. It's it's also to let us see things in ourselves that God is looking for us to work on. So the light brings illumination, right, and the light reveals. And the closer you get to the light, the more the light reveals. So uh, same in our relationship with with God and Jesus, right? as we draw closer to him, what does he want us to do? What does he want us to work on? All right, so the so f- first question for you, what is the light illuminating in you? Now, if we go down to verse 14 and 15, it says, there Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. Um, Let him serve as to mark sacred times, days, and years. So as we look at verse 4 and then verse 14, 15, 3, 4, um, but day 1 and day 4, think of it as God creates light, and then later on God creates the light bearers, which serve to create uh, markers for was time, day, night, um, years it talks about sacred times and then of course God creates a way for us to get rest right so this day and night so right away God's going here's the time that you labor here's the time that you rest okay Um. have you ever stuck your hands into a tub or a bathtub and you put your hands in and you pull them apart and it makes a little whirlpool. Anyone done that? Um, and the reason I mentioned that is it reminds me of what I imagine God might have done when he created the, the stars, putting his hands in the sky and pulling them apart and pulling the Milky ways into existence I can just imagine God doing something like that, and it is so significant and spectacular. We just have to take a moment and be in wonder, right, of what God has created for us, especially in the skies. All right, so I'm going to jump down. So we have the the second day, third day, uh, fourth day. We have all the different components of creation. So we had, um, let me just go back. So we had, scrolling, scrolling. Okay. So we had God creates light. Second day, God separates. So we have sky and land. Um, Third day, we have water. Uh, Fourth day, we just spoke about uh, God puts the different um, lights in the sky to govern the day and night um all right so now we're moving to the first day verse 20 and there's a whole lot we can learn from verse 20 so let me just read verse 20 21 so god said let the water team with living creatures let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky so god created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So 2021. Um, so again, we see God's creative power, right? God has this authority, and with a simple command, God brings forth this multitude of creatures in the waters, birds in the sky, And so it just reminds us that God is the ultimate creator of life as we look at this diversity. So the second thing there is we see the diversity of creation, right? There's swarms of living creatures and birds, um, not just one, but many kinds, and the diversity reflects um, God's creativity and also the intricacy of design in the world is phenomenal. Everything fits together. Which brings us to the third thing we can notice here in 2021. There is orderly design, right? So each day is marked by God's intentional creation of specific elements, um, showcasing a specific purpose and structure um, as God creates the universe. It's incredible. Um, It also brings about this idea of stewardship, right? So recognizing that God is the creator of all living things should instill a sense of stewardship in us and a responsibility for the created world because God creates all of this and says, yeah, this is for you. And so we should be encouraged to appreciate and value um, the beauty of the animal kingdom and the environment. Another point we can gather from this, is god's plan for life right so the command for the waters to swarm with living creatures birds to fill the skies we'll see that every aspect of creation has its role and place within the broader system and then something i noticed here um so verse 22 God blessed them and said, so it's the first time we see God saying, I'm going to bring blessing on this. So the act of um, creating living creatures is a part of God's blessing upon the earth, right? So we see this blessing. And it signifies God's goodness and generosity in providing this flourishing, abundant environment. So that's incredible. And then later on, we'll see that word used again. So in summary, verses 2021, it teaches about God's creative power, diversity, and order in creation, our role as stewards of the earth, and the intentional design and beauty and purpose behind all living things. Um, It really allows us to reflect on the beauty and complexity of it and really recognize the you know, God's fantastic, great wisdom and creativity. I mean, nobody else could have done that. I think we often take um, the world for granted, but creation reminds us of how intentional and how thoughtful God is and all the detail and variety that he creates for us. So let's not forget that. Um, Okay, so then it goes on. Um, Verse 23, that was the first day, it was 24. um, Let the land produce living creatures, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, wild animals. uh, Goes on and then God saw it was good. Okay, verse 26, this is where it gets really, really, uh, we have to pay attention. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Okay, so some very intentional use of words here. So let us make mankind. So he's gonna create us in our image. So who is what's our? And so right away, we've already we've already noticed in verse what was it, verse one, two. The Spirit of God was hovering over the earth. And so this just reminds us that, um, remember, 1 John 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit already all exist. It reminds us that the Trinity is here at creation. God says, Let us create man in our image and likeness. What does that mean? It means that. We are different from everything else in creation, right? Because we were the only ones created to be like and have consistency with God. So we're different from the animals. We're different from everything else. So God was like, I have a special purpose for my people that I'm going to create. So this means that there's a... There's a gap that we can't bridge between um, human life and animal life, right? Um, We have morals, we have intellect, we have spiritual capabilities, right? These are all things that define man and make us different. Um, It means that there's also an unbridgeable gap between human life and angelic life. Right, so we aren't told anywhere that angels are made in the image of God. Mankind is. And so there's a different kind of relationship that angelic beings have. And we don't have time to look at that now. But if you look at our Revelation, some other some other places in the Bible where it refers to um, that we will be above the angels at some point um, later on. Um, in eschatology, but what this does mean that incarnation is truly possible. So God, in the second person of the Trinity, could really become man, right? Because we are made in His image. So this kind of reminds us that um, Jesus was fully God, fully man, right? Because we are created in the image of God, so that is possible. So this also reminds us that life has value, right, um, which is separate from the quality of life we live, right? But the value is because we are made in the image of God, we are valuable, we have value to God, we are loved. And so we should allow this to define our identity, right? Because our identity mean, means that we are designed to be in relationship with God. We have that I want to call it DNA in us, but we have that God image design that allows us to draw close to God. So we are different. God created man kind in his own image and the image of God, he created The male and female, he created them. And so we see the intent there and, um, Genesis 2 talks more about that, which we're not covering today. But then he goes on to say, um, God bless them. And so the second time, God blesses, right? Uh, It says, God bless them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and every living creature that moves on the ground. Then he goes on to describe uh, seed-bearing plants, that they'll be yours for food. So a couple of interesting things here. I'm going to do a quick reference to um, Genesis 3 so we know that everything goes really great, right? Genesis 1, God creates the universe, creates man. Genesis 2 talks a whole lot more about... Um, A little more detail on creation a little more detail on man we get to genesis 3 everything falls apart right sin comes into into the world but at this point we know that people are basically um animals are herbivores it's saying that i have provided for you seed-bearing plants all the green things Um, Every tree that has fruit, they will be your food. And to the beast of the earth, I give every green plant for food. So at this point, it's commonly believed that we were basically um, vegetarian um, because there's no death until Genesis 3, right? So Genesis 3, we find sacrifice have to after has to happen because of sin but at this point everything is good everything is in harmony okay so yeah somebody posted in the chat there there are some older um soaps on genesis you can go look at so let's just summarize where we are here so what are we learning from genesis one Well, it tells us about the nature of God, right? That God is good. We are special. We are created in God's image to be in relationship with him. And that might be one of the most important things. Uh, We learn about the order of creation, right? This order, um, this creativity, we know that we are special creations. We are unique um, as we have moral responsibility Uh, We have spiritual capacity. We're reminded of stewardship of creation. We are reminded that, and we didn't cover day seven, but we did cover the fact that God creates day and night. So God is creating this idea of rest and Sabbath. Um, We see the power of God's work, right? As God speaks things into existence, And we're reminded of the goodness of creation. Um, over and over, God declares everything to be good. And right at the end, after he had, let me just go back at the end of 20 of 30 uh 31. God looks at everything that he had made and He is very good because now man is in the mix as well. And so I hope this has been helpful to you. Let's um, remember that God is light. God is the ultimate light. There is no darkness in him. And as you draw close to the light, um, be asking yourself, God, what are you revealing in me? What are you illuminating illuminating in my life? And so um, just a reminder about that, Um, a reminder about our stewardship of this creation that God gave to us and said, this is very good. And so as you come out of the fast, uh, I'm not sure what you guys are doing, what you've done, but just be careful. (laughs) You don't dive in too fast into all the sugar and spice and all the crazy things that we have and um, just remember that everything God did for us was intentional and God's design of you was intentional and you are different from the rest of creation and you have value and you are loved and you are created to be in relationship with him so thank you for tuning in today thank you Nicole for reading Um, if you have a chance Take a look at the comments there, um, and let me pray for you guys. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you were so thoughtful in creation, that you created this incredible, diverse, creative Um but yet orderly and well-thought-out world for us, Father. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you that you are light, Father. We thank you that we are created in your image, Father. We are created to be in relationship with you. Father, as as we continue to study your word, we pray that we would draw closer to you. We pray that the light would reveal things that you want to do in us. Father, I pray for each one today. Um, that you would bless them as they go by their days. Father, I pray for um, just to remind us, Father, that we are different from the rest of creation, that you value us, and that because we're created in your image, Father, there is, no matter what our circumstances of life are, you're calling us into um, intimacy with you. So, Father, I pray that um, your Holy Spirit would just move today. I pray that you would be with each one. I pray that you would just allow each one um, to live their lives according to the calling you have for each one of us. Father, thank you for your love. We worship you. And I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Have a great day today.